Welcome to Grumpy GDPR. My name is Miloš Novovic and I'm an Associate Professor of Law at the Norwegian Business School. All opinions today are entirely my own. And I'm Ria Alexandra Valle from No Ties Consulting. Hi Ria, wonderful to see you. How are you doing today? Hey, good to see you as well. How is everything? Everything is pretty good. I would say that uh, it's been a pretty busy week, uh, getting ready for the summer holidays and everything. You have also some holiday holidays now, I would hope. Yes, for sure. And it'll be good to have some time off, but I always look forward to our uh, little grumpy chats. Absolutely. I think it's, uh, it's important to stay grumpy even during the summer. And um, I would say that, you know, there is actually something very interesting to be grumpy about today. We've had a bit of a chat about something we've uh, both seen in the media, uh, specifically the personality and IQ tests that employers subject their employees to. Yes, so but let's of, not yeah. call it IQ tests because they are protesting that term uh, very much. They, it's not IQ tests, Milos. It is problem-solving tests. <laughs> oh, I haven't heard that one. How do they explain the difference, I wonder? Yeah, I think they're just trying to make it sound nicer. Yeah, that's that's just incredible. And I mean, honestly, we have the whole GDPR perspective, which we will discuss here today. But just my instinctive reaction is, would you ever want to work at a place where they ask you to, you know, to put some puzzle pieces together so that you can get a job? Not to get the job, I would say. I, I have, I've done these types of tests before, but that was during um, during doing a job, so not in order to get the job. I'm not sure. You're, yeah, I would say that there's a difference there because you are in a much weaker position, obviously, as a job applicant rather than already employed, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, from the data protection perspective, obviously, but also from just a human perspective, you know, somebody who is just getting hired is going to be definitely in a weaker position than an employee. That being said, I can't see how, you know, any of these tests would be fine even for employees, unless you genuinely felt like it was okay to say no. I'm not sure what, what your experience was. I, I guess uh, it's in like, what is the purpose of these tests? So why don't we uh, we take a moment to explain like what, what kind of tests are we talking about here? So first of all, you have the personality test, the Myers-Briggs and the uh, various color coded uh, personality types that you have. And uh, those, the intention behind those is to like categorize people and say something about your strengths, weaknesses and how you collaborate with other people. So that makes sense, don't you think? Like you work best with the greens and the greens can go and do projects together and the reds and the blues uh, can uh, work on other projects. Logical, so, right? So honestly, I have no background in psychology whatsoever. Uh, so I can just give my, you know, my personal opinion, which is not based on any scientific facts. And that's just... That does not make any sense, and I'm yet to find, to hear of an organization where that actually has worked. And I think you mentioned some of the uh, well-known tests, uh, personality tests, and I think a lot of those have actually been scientifically debunked as being just plainly wrong, as just being fake science. You know, 
reducing you to four letters, uh, reducing your whole personality to you're either an extrovert or an introvert. I don't think that's how things work. And I think that there is a very large body of scientific evidence disproving uh, the effectiveness and efficiency of those tests. Again, not a psychologist, but I think it's dumb and it doesn't work. <laughs> Well, that's very grumpy, <laughs> Miller. So that let's uh, dig a bit uh, through that because I've seen job roles being advertised where there is a requirement to do this kind of testing. This was in the US and uh, let's face it, the GDPR isn't applicable in the US in the same way that it is in, inside of Europe, especially not for the American job applicants that don't have the same rights as we do if an American company were to go hiring in the EEA. So um, one thing is to have that as part of the process and one thing is that it's our right perhaps to protest. So that's one point that we could discuss. Could we actually object to personality uh, testing? But the other part is like, what is the consequence? Would you actually dare to say that, no, I'm not going to do that stupid test in order to apply for the company? Yeah, so from uh, the perspective, let's take the perspective of a company. So then there are two key questions here. Number one, are we allowed to do the testing? And then number two, what kind of rights do people actually have if we can carry on with this processing uh, operation. So going looking into whether or not they can do these tests to begin with, I think a huge factor there is uh, what kind of role they're hiring for and whether or not these tests actually have anything to say about performance in the set role. So while I, you've already heard I've been very grumpy about this whole, um, you know, psychological tests of which color are you, I think there are many jobs in which it makes perfect sense to actually test candidates' skills and abilities. I mean, if you are, when I was being hired for a teaching position, obviously they asked me to deliver a lecture to show that I indeed can teach, right? Uh, if you're building jet engines, it makes sense to give you a math test. But then, you know, how do you reconcile that with, uh, with this wild approach where you then ask people, you know, do you sleep on the left side of the bed, which indicates that you're more organized or on the right one, which indicates that you are, you know, an improviser. So what do you think? Like, how do you differentiate between two situations? Um, well, I think first uh, we have different types of tests. And then looking at the legal basis, I think from what I've seen from, uh, from uh, job openings myself is that they would ask you to consent. And that's what I hear from others as well, that they rely on your consent. And then we can have a discussion whether or not that consent can be truly uh, voluntary. Because who would then say that, no, I don't consent to the personality test because I'm pretty sure that most people would feel that they wouldn't be able to get the job if they refused to do that type of personality testing. So for the personality tests, I think that's problematic in you know any way, shape or form that you look at it. But for the skills and ability tests, I absolutely agree with you. There's a logic behind it. It's, it makes sense. I've done them myself and 
you know, if you want to hire a software developer as well, it's you need to know that people can actually do the work. And I strongly believe much more in uh, testing people's abilities rather than just looking at pieces of paper that be the CV or the references or any kind of personality test. Oh, yeah, I fully, fully agree with that. So I think that... Uh... Uh, I mean, uh, you know, discussing consent, I think both of us agree that there is no need to even discuss whether or not you can use consent. It's a clear no. And this is a thing, this, uh, sorry, uh, this distinction that you make is definitely a very good one and a very interesting one. So you do a skill test for certain roles and then you, as a rule of thumb, stay away from personality tests. But what do you do when you have all of these soft skills? So are you a good leader? Are you a good communicator? Is it okay to use personality tests then, or do you think you could use, um, you could, you know, look at the references, build of people's previous experience, ask them to do something um, skill-based, which would kind of speak to their skills? What do you think? I think one approach that I learned from one of my US-based clients, actually, so they have a really rigorous recruitment process that spans over months. And it makes sense because it's better to invest upfront to make sure that you avoid the wrong candidates and you get the right candidate. And they do uh, skills-based testing during this process, but they also hire people for a certain small project. So they do paid projects to try out people in a given setting where they actually get to work with other team members and they can test the chemistry and they can test how people get along. So I think that we need to take a step back and look at the entire recruitment process as a whole to see how can we improve, how can we make sure that we are getting the right candidates for us. But I wanted to mention one thing when you when you spoke about consent. I'm not convinced that you couldn't rely on consent. I I think that uh, you might, maybe I have to give it some more thought, but I wouldn't say immediately that it's, it's a definite no. And I also think it depends on the type of personality test because some are more, much more invasive than others and ask much more invasive questions than others. So I would, I would have to give it a thought because I, I'm not sure that you could say that there aren't any legal basis as per the GDPR for this kind oh, no, of processing. I, no, I, I think you could definitely discuss contractual necessity to a certain extent, uh, but I would, I mean, my gut feeling just says that consent is impossible. It's never going to be truly freely given, right? And uh, what about the right to withdraw your consent? So I would think those two would feature prominently. Yeah, because if you withdraw your consent, uh, then the processing would have to stop, meaning that you already conducted the test so that's already happened but then when you withdraw consent you can ask them to delete the data for example so i would have had to uh, set up that process very detailed to make sure that the legal basis is the best one and you follow all the requirements connected to the legal basis because it's not that easy as just picking a legal basis if you're going to rely on legitimate interest you have to conduct a legitimate interest assessment which I think, I suspect that uh, some people forget. They just select the legal basis and uh, are done with it. So, uh, yeah, I would ex uh, definitely explore that more. Um, I think that ability tests are easier to ask for consent for. 
Honestly, for ability tests, so um, yeah, skills tests, I would say contractual necessity rather than consent. So somebody is yeah. asking you to enter into a labor contract, they are interviewing as long, because these, um, unlike the personality tests, these would actually fulfill the requirement of being targeted and proportional, right? As long as they are reasonable, of course. Yeah, or legitimate interest. Yeah, um, that must be a difficult analysis to pull off, right? And you see, this is something that we could discuss, and I think it's an entirely different topic on its own. But say sometimes you have to analyze data subjects' personal data in order to reach conclusions which might not be beneficial for them at all. Say you want to fire someone or you want to prove, let's not say in a criminal investigation, but let's say you just want to find out who took your cookies at a party. So what do we do then? Obviously, you know, consent is out of the question because nobody's going to consent to that. You don't have a contract necessarily and then uh, legitimate interest, well, it's not in their interests, is it now? So maybe we should have an episode on uh, how is it ever possible to actually, you know, say anything bad about you or find out anything bad about you. Uh, I just, uh, one thought that struck me apart from we have to do a separate episode on this, is that uh, you can rely on legitimate interest for covert activities, if we're going to use a very <laughs> very specific <laughs> phrase for that. Uh, for example, when you look into the email inboxes of your employees without uh, their knowledge, for example. So investigations. But maybe we should save that for another episode. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we have to do something on legitimate interest. And uh, yeah. I mean, it's always a question of balance, right? And I guess you could argue when you're hiring someone, you really want to make sure that uh, that they're actually capable of doing that job. That being said, I mean, then you end up having the same discussion as with contractual necessity, right? Yeah. And if you're doing background checks, so the legal grounds for that would be legitimate interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That would make sense. But uh, on the face of it, so we, you would say that we agree that as long as the tests are actually narrowly tailored to the specific rule, sorry, role that you want to fulfill, and as long as then they, as long as you as a data controller can demonstrate that there are proportional and scientifically justified way of actually finding out whether people can fulfill that role, that it's more or less okay? Yeah, I think it's uh, within reason, uh, absolutely. But would you say that uh, companies, they cannot use personality tests? So we, I feel like I can't say, you know, no under any circumstances. I would just say that in a majority of circumstances, if they believe that they can actually justify, why is it important for this role for me to know, you know, whether this person prefers to party or whether this person prefers to you know, sit alone, like, why is this genuinely important? And, of course, back up that these actual questions can help us determine that, then sure, it's fine. But uh, but I would say, you know, <laughs> there are limited scenarios where you can do that. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's, uh, but I think I've thought about this before, and I think it's really tricky how to justify it from a compliance perspective. How can you justify personality test because I, when we discuss consent for example it's it's never gonna be balanced like 
someone wouldn't risk losing out of the job opportunity by saying no. Like, could the company like honestly 100% guarantee that there will be no negative consequences by refusing the test, like not consenting to them? How could they do that? If they could find a way to do that, to ensure that consent is given as per the high thresholds, as per the GDPR, then maybe yes, but how can you practically uh, solve that? So that would be the question, I guess. So I'm going to be controversial now. And I'm going to say that it's actually impossible to get consent. So, you you know, in your typical hiring situation where you are saying to people, there will be no bad consequences whatsoever. Just relax, say no to the test if you don't want to take the test. Do you really believe that people would have this impression? So that's an interesting thing. And again, I'm just getting ideas about what we can discuss. But for consent to be freely given, Obviously, you have to take into account the balance of power. And here, just the fact that you're an employer and there is an employee is always going to screw that. So, yeah. yeah. Because no, I really can't true. imagine. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's what uh, the EDPB, they uh, specify that in one of their guidelines. I believe it's uh, the guidelines something 2020 on consent, where they actually say that there is an imbalance in the relationship between an employer and an employee. And what, but what got me thinking now was when you mentioned there is not going to be any negative consequences. So if somebody says there is not going to be guaranteed no negative consequences what is the point of having the test to begin with then isn't the whole yeah, point exactly. <laughs> to have a consequence <laughs> oh, that, oh my god that is a brilliant point oh the, yeah because the oh. whole intention is to to sort out people in the different colors so or you're obviously a green you're out of here you're a yellow you talk too much out of here well, you're a blue, you're too rigid, you're out of here. You're red, well, you're good to go. So you pick all the reds out of your pile and then they go on to the next level, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you don't need to discuss consent. You've uh, failed basically on purpose limitation. So, yeah. And if you throw in automated decision-making in the mix as well, so you could have all these candidates, uh, because this was what triggered uh, some of our discussion when we read in the uh, local Norwegian newspapers about all these people getting rejected before they even got to talk to the store manager. Like they couldn't get past the automatic sorting out of the job applicants. So you have then the personality test, if you're a green, yellow, or blue, you are immediately rejected and you would only move forward if you're a red, for example. So what do you think about that? That is, that is just... So first of all, I mean, like we said in the previous episode when we talked about uh, customer clubs, obviously, you know, the, uh, there is an underlying labor law issue here. So I think that, you know, GDPR might not be the primary aspect of it and labor lawyers should be getting involved in something like this but i mean you start with the principle of fairness and i mean it can even end there right yeah get back to the basics like i think uh, just a common advice that we're going to give is like if you are unsure about something go back to the basics of the gdpr article 5 go through every single one and do a vetting against them for whatever processing activity that you're considering 
because I think you will find the answer to many of your questions there. And if you combine that with your gut feeling, I think that that would be a pretty good acid test. Absolutely. I think that we sometimes sound like a broken record because we keep repeating this article five, article six, focus on those two. And obviously, you know, once you start listing articles, it's never enough. Actually, this whole situation with personality tests and IQ tests and skills tests, it reminds me of this video game called uh, Portal, Portal 2, which is basically a puzzle game set in like a dystopian world. And you have this evil supercomputer, which says to you as a player, something along the lines, well done, uh, here come the test results. You're a horrible person. It says that you're a horrible person. We weren't even testing for that. And it really just reminds me of this scenario. Oh, right? wow. So, I mean, uh, what are they even testing for, right? And uh, yeah. that's the first question. And I guess all the GDPR stuff comes after that. Yeah, it's like immediately, you failed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the conclusions that are being drawn about your, you know, kind of most personal characteristics, it's just so bad. Yeah, but and I, I think, think if we look back at, at the... Uh, first episode banking on emotions as well like we get so focused on technology and gadgets and tools to help us manage a situation that we forget the people in all of this and we are even using tools and tests that we don't even know are truly working like in in, in uh, the uh, banking case that was the tech was horrible, like uh, wrong, I think, over 90% of the time. And here you have no guarantees and there is no true, let's face it, there's no true science behind personality tests. And I have a small disclaimer here because I love personality tests. I love taking them and I think they're so much fun. But I guess people are uh, like reading their horoscopes as well. So, you know, <laughs> we have to look at it as what it is. So there is no hard science behind the personality test, as far as we know. And thus, people should be careful about how they implement tools and tests in their uh, recruitment process specifically um, to make sure that, that is, they are yeah. treating people fair. I think that's a wonderful summary of what we talked about today. And I think this is becoming a recurring theme. Like, make sure that the stuff you're using actually works and then worry about the GDPR. And uh, yeah, I think on that note, we can kind of wrap it up and say that we hope that HR people who are listening to this, most of, most of you, uh, I hope, will not just run away from us right now that we've said that personality tests might not be our cup of tea. Well, thanks for today. I look uh, forward to our next grumpy episode, Milos. You too. Bye. Bye.